a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Hey, I'm Steve Mathis. I think you guys knew that already. MotorcycleSuperstore.com. If you use the code PB-PULP16 when you're checking out, you will save 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16. Check out their website, MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Over 700 trusted brands. Whatever you need for gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel, they've got it. Of course, the Motorcycle Superstore team with Jimmy Albertson, Kyle Cunningham, uh, they're out there putting their Suzuki 2 DFs uh, to the test. And, uh, of course, the new Fox Gear, 2017 Fox Gear, that uh, Kenny Roxon and Pro Circuit team just wore uh, at the last national will be available uh, or is available right now at August for, uh, August 1st at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Um, so I think you guys will be hearing this by August 1st. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Fox Racing also presenting Fox Racing, Foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer or get it at MotorcycleSuperstore.com using the code. And uh, we thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. With me on the line, a guy that's certainly uh, – very, very busy these days between his uh, own thriving businesses, uh, helping uh, Southwick run Southwick, uh, getting it back on the national schedule. And as well as uh, if you go through the Racerbacks vault, a guy that quietly had a really nice pro career up in Canada and down in the U.S. And, uh, and good God, he, he rode a Cannondale and survived to talk about it. Keith Johnson, what's up, KJ? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, man. We had you on the Pulp Show a few weeks back and then... About halfway through the conversation, it struck me like, why haven't I never done a podcast with Keith Johnson? I don't know. Um, I was like, geez, I mean, you've certainly been racing forever. Raced up in Canada, where I'm from. So, um, yeah, it's natural to uh, to try to get you on here to talk about uh, your pretty good career. So, Yeah, yeah, no, it's good to be here. Hey, what, what part of Canada are you from? Uh, Manitoba. Manitoba. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever race there? I don't know if the series went there when you were, were racing. Uh, it would have been, um, been I don't Gordon. think we went... Where been, was it? Morden. It was no. Oh, okay, they were in no. and, in and out of the CMRC over the years. So, um, but uh, hey, first up, I guess congrats on Southwick. Uh, it's back on the schedule. Uh, you and John Dowd working together. Um, um, you got involved with uh, Mike Grundall, who bought the facility, and you kind of told the story on the Pulp Show a little bit. But your you guys got a national back, and it wasn't perfect as you told us on the show. But I think it went pretty damn well. I spoke to everybody involved with the series; they all liked it, and. It's nice to have Southwick back, man. It really is. So congrats. Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. Um, it was a lot of work, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, not only, and we talked about this on the show, but not, not just because, um, you know, we, we've done, never done a national before and didn't know what the hell we were doing, but, um, you know, the facility had kind of been run down. And, and again, it, it sat idle for two years, and, even before that, you know, the, the two, three, four years before that, you know, the people that ran it before that, um, you know, just didn't put anything back into it, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. really it was, 
you know, five, six, seven years or so of it just kind of being neglected. And, um, you know, you'd be surprised on how much junk has to get fixed, you know, and <laughs> right. crazy. And, and, you you know? and you put some more sand in it too, which was good, you know? Um, yeah. Cause you don't realize too, after sitting so long, the sand kind of gets blown away or, or drifts, wa- washes away with snow or whatever. Right. Yeah, and Southwick, I mean, you've been there plenty, so you, you remember it. But, you know, all the, the sand flows downhill when it rains, obviously, but it, it runs, like, right across the starting line and into the swamp, you know, like where mm-hmm. the frog pond used to be. And, you know, it's a, it's actually a pretty big issue, you know. And yeah. we had to bring a lot of, of sand back in, and and um, it's not like we wanted to bring just go get sand, you know. Right. We're like, you know, we're – Everybody in the motorcycle industry is like dirt experts, right? And, and we know dirt. If there's one thing we know, it's dirt. Right. And you can't just bring in sand. You know, if you bring in sand from from Holland over to Southwick, it's not going to be the same. You bring in sand from California to Southwick, it's not going to be the same. And even in Massachusetts, I mean, sand isn't sand. We had to find the right mm-hmm. sand. And believe it or not, the sand that came from Southwick so the, the sand that we got yeah. to put on the track actually came from Southwick. So, oh, geez, nice. Um, yeah. yeah, it was pretty, um, you know, we didn't want to just bring sand in for the sake of bringing sand. It had to be right, you know. And mm-hmm. anyways, it was, uh, you know, a lot of work and getting the track back. And, um, yeah, Mike was a big, big part of it. You know, um, nobody ever owns that land. That land is, is owned by the American Legion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just lease it. And, and Mike sort of went in there and saved the lease and, um, and like I said, we talked about this, um, on the show, but, um, you know, he has no interest in, in running a dirt bike track, you know, and, right, right. um, it was, uh, you know, something that I took over with the help of JD and, um, yeah, I mean, we, we got the first one down and made a shit ton of mistakes and, um, yeah. you know, we got a laundry list of stuff we need to fix and get better at but uh you know i guess they'll be coming back so that's a good thing yeah it's absolutely it's great to be there great to be back on the schedule um what do you do for a living outside of uh, of southwick which i imagine does not pay the bills uh what's uh you again you t- spoke about on the show but um you're doing well with these uh, series of sort of gym wellness weight loss centers yeah yeah that's right so it's um we have four of them now and um uh, you know we just actually are going through the whole process of franchising so um, it, it's a little hard to explain, but it's almost like, um, you know, Weight Watchers meets, um, you know, uh, circuit training, mm-hmm. you know, for middle-aged overweight people that don't know what to do, you know? So yep. it's not really for the athletes. It's not anything, something, even though the workout's great, you know, um, mm-hmm. and you're, you're always supervised by a trainer and we have meal plans and stuff. It's a great workout, but it's more geared towards that middle-aged person that, um, doesn't know the difference between a chest press and a leg press and um <laughs> right. you know they need to lose weight and don't know how to do it and you know it's um it's been uh, just going fantastic so we yeah, have four yeah. of them now over here on the um east coast of massachusetts in mm-hmm. the boston area and um yeah i mean we're going to be ready to start selling franchises actually in about uh maybe six months awesome good to hear yeah it's nice to see that it's going well and uh you know and uh um the Southwick thing, you maybe you probably don't even really need the Southwick gig, right? You're just like, hey, I'll do it. Pay me a little bit of money. I want to get it back. I love the place. I love the Nationals and all that, right? Yeah, I definitely don't 
don't need self work. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a lot more work than I thought. And, um, right. you know, it was never, it never, and it still isn't anything about the money. It was always just about, that's why. And I, and like I, I keep saying, we talked about this in the show, but, yeah. um, I had turned Mike down twice, right. you know, he had called me and, and asked me if I wanted to do it. And I just said, no, I mean, I knew what was coming with my, with the fitness stuff, you know, I knew how busy right. we were going to get and where we were going. We always had a vision and, you know, we're, we're directly on path with that vision to franchise. And, um, you know, I knew how tough it was going to be and how much time I wouldn't have. And that's why I turned them down twice. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then, um, you know, I started thinking about it and, you know, I mean, if what, what have happened if somebody got in there that, that didn't do it justice and didn't, do what they were supposed to do and yeah you'd be you know, super pissed <laughs> yeah you know and again not just not just to have a national back but um just for new england racing in new england in general you know yeah um it had to be back for that i never even had thoughts really i mean not that i never had thoughts of a national but that was the last thing on my mind it was more just to support the local guys to have southwick and mm-hmm. have a nice facility and a tractor race um, you know, the Nationals, were not coming, getting the National back was just like a second thought, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, talk a little bit, uh, you made an interesting choice, yourself and Mike Treadwell, another NESC guy, and we'll get into it sort of coming up through the ranks and, and your KTM factory ride and everything else, but you guys took a step back from racing, pro racing, when you were both, uh, I mean, you were older, but Keith, you especially, I mean, you were you were still able to score points and do well and make main events, probably, I would say. And you guys kind of stepped away, and you, I think you made a smart decision. I heard some grumbling about it from some other riders, but um, you started, you got Cowie's. You, you saw Cowie paid a, a great amateur program. Um, they had a great contingency, and you were like, hey, I'm going to try to uh, uh, put this thing um, on top of the box at the amateur races. You got yourself a ton of Loretto's championships back you know to go with the ones that you probably got before i don't even know for sure if you won anything before but um did you enjoy that little second wind of of being like a top vet rider was that cool or i mean you must have made some cash yeah it was it was awesome man i was like <laughs> i mean tread tread and i have been best friends since you know when we were kids you know right. and we got to travel around and that's that's really how we got to know mike grondo mm-hmm. you know because that's right when he he was getting big in the planet fitness, you know, and that franchise was getting bigger. And, you know, his whole dream was, you know, to have a, a race team and he wanted to get his feet wet. And he helped Mike and I at the beginning and mm-hmm. um, doing some of this vet stuff. But, yeah, man, that that um, that deal was insane. Right, and, right. And like I think I told you, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but um, you know, I was told by this, like from one of the Cowie guys that I pretty much single-handedly ruined <laughs> contingency for vet riders. I heard, you the, know? I heard the same thing from somebody else. I think, yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, for for two years, uh, you know, I had made over a hundred grand in in, and I was a vet rider. Yeah, you know, awesome. And um, and I, you know, and I'm just doing like certain races because they had bonuses and. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'd go to like um, Loretta's and you could only ride two classes, you know, so you get regular Kawasaki contingency mm-hmm. and then you had like 
extra contingency from Kawasaki, you know, for being a team green rider. And then you had like bonuses for winning a championship. Yeah. Team right? green bonuses. Sure. Yeah. Right. And then, so, you know, at Loretta's, you only have two, two classes you can do that in, mm-hmm. but at like mini O's you have, I had plus 25 plus 30 yeah. plus 35 and plus 40 <laughs> and you got four classes, He's you know, killing that you can it. do. Right. But then you have um, Supercross and Motocross. So you actually have eight. Oh, yeah, I guess right. I never, and, I never even thought of that. Yeah. Sure, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of money that I walked out of, there's no way in hell any other rider walked out of there with more money than I did no, as a vet rider. No. I, Not even close. I remember when someone said, I'm like, hey, did he quit or what? No, dude, he's killing it. Because I don't follow the amateurs that much. They're like, no, him and Treadwell, dude, they're smoking everybody. They're, they're making so much money. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and we were know. getting like four or five bikes from Kawasaki yeah. and all yeah. these parts. And I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Right. You know? No, it was great. Um, it was a nice little like second wind. You know, you were you were older as a pro rider. You'd been racing since 88. Uh, you weren't going to make anywhere near that money uh, making, you know, back of the pack mains and, and top uh, 10 to 15 in nationals. There was no chance. No, so not a, not a chance. Right. Right. So and I had to do like what I had to do. um Lake Whitney, Oak Hill, um, Minio's, yeah. Loretta's, and Kawasaki Race of Champions. That's the only thing that was on my contract. Right. You know? And, and then, you know, I would do New England stuff and do some schools and, right. you know, around New England. And it was, it was the best <laughs> life ever. <laughs> You're like back you to know? being a factory rider again, KJ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were traveling around. We had, you know, the first year or two, you know, Mike Grano had helped us out, and he literally handed us, like, one of those, you know, diesel pusher motorhomes, like yep. a half-million-dollar, like, rig yep. with this big trailer traveling around. It was like, you I mean, you couldn't beat it. You yeah. know, man, it was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, did you – eventually, Cowie pulled the plug because you bankrupt them, and then you were like, okay, time to hang the boots up? Is that kind of what happened? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I had, I had no interest in – in r- racing Loretta's, you know, Loretta's is a great race, Yeah, you know, um, it's fantastic. And, uh, it's just such a, an awesome event, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but on the flip side of it, it's hot as hell, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. And I'm not that type of guy. Like, um, honestly, the, the hardest part about the amateur racing for me was showing up at the line after not, being on my dirt bike for an entire day and then the gate drops and you got to go race. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You know? right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I've always been like a, like a, a big diesel engine. It takes me a while to get going in a moto, but then once I get going, I get faster and faster and I don't get tired. Right. You know? Right. So like being at Loretta's and you're like, well, well it's um, Tuesday and I don't have a moto until Wednesday at 4 PM. It's like, yeah, you, know, yeah. That, yeah, you get a sight lap, that, right? And that's it. Hey, sight lap. And then there you go. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was that guy that, that had to go down to like the burnout area for yeah. literally 30 minutes and just keep doing laps to get <laughs> like warmed up. Yeah, to get go. You're like, I'm old. I got to get, get warmed up. Um, yeah. No, it was cool, man. I heard. Yeah, I heard that you, you guys killed it. And that's good. Good for you. Yeah, it worked out. And uh, and uh, Cowie got the wins, got the attention, got everything else that they wanted. And you got what you wanted. You made some money. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. So, um, yeah. Hey, uh, let's get back in the time machine a little bit and go way back. Um, born and raised in Massachusetts, right? And 
obviously the NESC, especially when you came up, um, was phenomenally strong. Uh, is Dowd and Henry are they older than you? How much? And if so, how much? What's the what's the gap? Yeah, yeah. So I think Doug is um, Doug's right at my age. Okay. And then Dowd. I mean, yeah, Dowd's older than everybody. You know? <laughs> right, right. I mean, he's, yeah, he's. What is he? Six years older than me, I think. But what's funny is Something he turned like he turned pro like the same time as you did, <laughs> but he's six years older. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a he's a freak. I mean, he didn't uh, he didn't even start racing until he was twenty one. You know. Yeah. So, so were you always were your parents into biking or your dad been do it and you started off in eighties and just obviously the NASC program like I said it was it's so it was so good back then and it still is don't get me wrong but um, uh, is that kind of just you started racing your whole life. Yeah, yeah. So I I started racing when I was just a kid, you know, on fifties um, like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, all the other little kids, and coming up through New England. And um, but we were one of those families that always traveled right from the get go. Okay. Um, you know, we were doing like the mini O's really back when it was the mini Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was four separate. You know, there was flat track and there was. Um, motocross TT. and like a hair scramble yeah, and right. TT like yeah. really when it was the Olympics of motorcycles, you know, mm-hmm. like early eighties stuff, you know? Um, and we were always travel around and I grew up racing in New England, but I never like chased championships in New England. Um, really, you know, um, I was always traveling around and, and, you know, doing Loretta's and since, you know, I was yeah. on bike, little bikes and, you know, I never never won at Loretta's ever. Um, not until I was a vet. You know, I got a lot of seconds. Right. And um I never won. Huh. Um but yeah, I did a lot of traveling, grew up racing in New England, so um Jojo Keller was a, a great family friend and um so Jojo, one of my mentor. Yeah. Wow, Jojo. I was yeah. gonna say I was gonna ask you if, if like Finkel Day and Jojo were around, this was the fast guys then, right? Yeah, so JoJo was obviously he was um, ahead of my time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when I was probably fourteen or so, you know, I had known JoJo. Our families had known each other, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I started riding with JoJo when I was about fourteen, and um, it, you know, it just that was a, a one of the best things ever because there's probably nobody I know that's that's got more grit than that guy, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it was, uh, an awesome experience for me to start riding with him and, um, you know, kind of teach me some stuff and, and so, actually teach me some stuff not to do at the same time. <laughs> well, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jojo, yeah, Jojo, I mean, God, there's a, you must have 8,000 Jojo stories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who doesn't? Um, but like, I just watched a race maybe six months ago. It was Millville '85. So you know, you turned pro in '88. So you're probably riding with JoJo around this time, '85, '86. And uh, JoJo got—he was second in the 500s. Glover was leading, and he's second. And or maybe Bailey was leading. I don't remember. Glover or Bailey was leading. He was holding off the other factory rider, and obviously he was a few pounds over his playing fighting rate at this point and he was phenomenal i was like look how fast jojo was i mean i knew he was good but i was watching this video going holy crap jojo was good yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he really was he um you know people that know jojo but 
Um, that guy is just talented at everything he does. He's just one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if he's, you know, doing a wheelie on a mountain bike or doing magic tricks or juggling or right, riding right. a unicycle with Jimmy Dakotas on his shoulders. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I mean, the guy can just do anything. He's yeah, just yeah. that type of guy, right. you know? And, you know, he's one of those guys you don't want to ever bet him on things because you're going to lose, you know, like, you know, you could be 100 feet away from a basketball net with a basketball in your hand and say, you know, bet you 10 bucks I can throw this in and he'll get it in. He's like, yeah, he'll figure it out. shit luck or he's just good. Right, right. You know? Ah, oh, phenomenal. So at some point, you're 14, 15 riding with JoJo. You know he was a nationally ranked rider, top 10 guy outdoors. Are you think, Are you thinking at this point, like, hey, I can maybe make be a pro at this? I think I can, like, make a living at this? Yeah, you know, it was weird because um, as much as um, as much as JoJo had all that grit, and yeah, I was riding with JoJo 85, mm-hmm. 86 is really when I was riding with him a lot. So 85, he was on Honda's. Right. 86, he went to Yamaha, Yamaha and yeah. he was riding, you know, like those, those 490 air-cooled things. And, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it was weird. It his grit didn't wear off on me. You know, it, it was kind of weird. Like, I don't know what it was. I had this weird mental thing that, that I just couldn't get over in races sometimes Mm -hmm. that, um, when I was younger, if things weren't going my way, I'd just say, ah, screw it, you know, and just (laughs) kind of give up. I didn't have that grit, you know? Yeah. 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 And as much as I was riding with him, and it wasn't until later that, and I got older that I understood it, you know? Yeah. And, um, which is kind of sad because I bet we all look back going, I wish I'd done this and that. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, I didn't have that grit till later on in life, but, um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, it just, I just kind of fell into it. It wasn't one of those things that I was like, yeah, I want to be a pro racer and, and make all this money. Mm-hmm. I never thought like that. I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I guess, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, we're going to go to Acton, Virginia and race the first national? Cool. All right. Yeah, let's go see how we do. <laughs> it was never like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Oh, you never? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I would have thought you, you saw JoJo's. I mean, not, not that JoJo was pulling in huge dollars, but... You know, he was making a living at racing a motorcycle and being very good. I would have thought you would have been like, well, shit, I can do that, you know? But, yeah, no, you weren't. You were just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Looking back on it, I should have been like, shit, I should have trained and <laughs> right. rode harder and done this, you know what I mean? But um, I was just like, yeah, cool, let's, let's go. So is Barton, Barton's around, right? He's your your competition, or is he ahead of you? Yeah, Bartman was a little ahead of me, okay, well, um, yeah. older than me. So I always raced with people that were older than me, though. So I was younger coming up. So, like, even Tread, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tread's a year or two older than me, but we grew up in on little bikes, and, you know, he was still on 85s, and I had moved up to big bikes. You know, so even though he okay. was, a, you know, a year yeah, or two yeah. younger than me, I was ahead of him. It, you know, it was kind of weird. Um and then, yeah, Bartman, he was, um, he's a few years older than me. So, um, yeah, you know, I wasn't really chasing championship stuff like, like right, right. Bartman, Tread, and Dowd, and Doug Henry, and those guys were, like, all battling out, you know, in, like, the early 90s, like, mm-hmm. late 80s, early 90s, like, 88, 89, 90, like, all through there, where 88 and 9, like, I rode some nationals, and then I... You know, I'd show up at a New England race here or there, but I'd 
be in New Jersey. I'd be all over the place. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never really like got into like championship battles with those guys. I'd show up and race, right. and you know um, that type of thing. I had know? somebody tell me one time growing that they saw Doug. Uh, Dowdy came along a little bit later and was pretty fast from the get-go, I guess. But someone who raced that I know, and I can't remember who it was, but they said there's, like, again, like Barton and Tread would beat Henry quite a bit. Doug was nothing but a real fast local pro. And if you had told, this guy said, if you had told me Henry was going to win two one five national titles and a Supercross and, and make all this money from being a factory rider, win an outdoor, the guy would have said, no way. He just said that Doug was good, but not... You know, nothing like, oh, my God. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. A yeah. thousand percent. Right. Yeah. Just, and then, you know, he came into his own, like, I want to say 80, 89-ish. Yeah. You know, 90. really started to, like, something, you know, Fl- yeah, switch so switched to him. Up. And, yeah, you know, I mean, they would show up. I mean, really, you know, bikes all beat up and, you know, <laughs> dirty filters on the dashboard of a van with a smashed windshield and, wow. you know, yeah. but then something just flipped and he was just kicking the crap out of everybody on equipment that was old and right. bald tires and sprockets <laughs> and chains that needed to be changed and, right. you know, like really kicking the crap out of all of us, you know, <laughs> on equipment like that. And at some point, Dowdy shows up. Do you know him or does he, he starts racing when he was like 16, um, so at some point, Dow shows up on a 500, right? On and, he, and all of a sudden, you guys are like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, he was 21. Yeah, when John started racing, and um, yeah, he yeah he shows up on a 500. I didn't know him, but right, um, right. you know, he went from the C class to the B class to the A class, right? And it's a it's a point system, mm-hmm. and you you do it by you know yeah. you, you accumulate points, right, and move up. So. Right. He went from the C class to the B class to the A class in, in one year. And, you know, <laughs> the, the yeah. very next year, he started winning. I think he started racing in 85 uh-huh. or something like that. And he started winning NESC expert motos in the beginning of 87. <laughs> yeah, two years. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, and then two years after that, he won a national. You know, so six years after he starts riding, he wins a 250 national at Hangtown in the mud. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And then at the age of, like, I don't know what it was, what? 28 or 9, he gets a factory ride. I know. It's insane. His story's nuts. And, you know, John, I, I did one of these with him, and he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's pretty yeah. – doesn't have a great memory for a lot of what things that he did or, or doesn't have a lot to say about what he did. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah. your, your first national is 88, Southwick, of course. You go 34-20. Uh, how old are you at this point? Are you 16, 17? Uh, 17. 17. What do you remember from yeah. that day? You got one point, KJ. That's awesome. Honestly, I don't remember a thing about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not even kidding you. I don't remember anything about it. And um, Tred and I always talk about this, because like, Tred's got the memory of an elephant. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, be, we'll be talking. He'll be like, I'll always ask. I always have to ask him, hey, how did I do with this race or that race? Like, oh, yeah, that's the race that you fell and you did this and that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Right. We joke about it all the time, you know? So should I call Treadwell? Should I call Tread to do a Keith Johnson podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could probably give you a better, you know, play-by-play right. play for sure right. than I could. Um, but, you know, I, I do remember Axton. Um, okay. Going to Axton, Virginia. I do remember that race. 
Um, For some reason, that one sticks out in my mind. That's an 89 or an, or an 88. It's not listed in the vault in Racer X. Is that 89? You remember that? You got 19th yeah. overall? Yeah, it's probably 89, yeah. 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 Um, what's crazy, too, though, is in 89, uh, Supercross is Daytona, Houston, Tampa. You make the main event. And, again, this is uh, RJ, Wardy, uh, you know, O'Mara, and all these dudes. And you're 18 now. And making 250, super, you know, no, you're not doing any 125 Supercross, KJ. You're doing 250s, and you're making mains. So that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, um, I guess looking back on it, it's probably not bad. I, I never, <laughs> n- never even set foot on a Supercross track, yeah, yeah. ever, right. you know, until the first, one, <laughs> the first race we went to. <laughs> you know, and all the jumps were pushed together, and uh-huh. like, man, it's a lot tighter than I'm used to, but right. I guess we'll... Like, race. I guess I'll change my but, gearing from Southwick. I'll change some gearing here, probably. <laughs> yeah, I do remember um, Miami. Like, we went to Miami, so was it 88? 89 Miami was the only year they did Miami. I was there, actually, as a, as a young kid. Okay, so 89. Yeah. Um, I, I had a Team Green ride, and so we were kind of pitted with Kawasaki. They let us kind of mm-hmm. squeeze in there, whatever. I was kind of like this little you know, amateur team green deal. And right. it was, um, I remember being nervous and getting down on the start and they let me go out with like the, the good guy practice, you okay. know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm literally lined up, like getting ready to go out. And I got Jeff Ward on one side and Ron machine on the other side of me. I'm like, <laughs> wow, like, this shit's getting real, you know? Right. And, um, getting out, getting ready to go out on a supercross track that I'd never really even ridden a supercross track before, you know? And yeah, then I go to put my bike in gear. Like we start our bikes and they start pointing at people to go. And I go to put my bike in gear and my mechanic, you know, had pulled apart the entire bike and went through the whole thing and didn't put the shifter back on and nobody <laughs> noticed it. So I go to put the thing in gear and there's no shifter. And I'm like, shit. So he's like scrambling to get the shifter. And yeah, welcome to the big leagues. Start off over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Right. Um, so in 90, you switched to KTM, you, you know, you're an up and coming dude. You got an eighth place at a 500 national in 89 and you make, like you said, to make 250 supercross mains. How does the KTM thing come about? That's not the factory ride, is it? It's the next year or is it 92 when you got the factory KTM deal? No, that was the factory deal in oh. 90. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So how does that come about? How does Moen, how does Tom Moen call a dude in Massachusetts to ride KTM? Yeah, so that, I remember that started coming about somewhere, maybe Bud's Creek, mm-hmm. 89, was Bud's Creek 89 or 90? Yeah, 89 at Bud's, you went, got eighth overall. Okay, yeah, so it was Bud's Creek that somebody came up to us and we started talking at Bud's Creek, mm-hmm. and um, that was like the spark of it, I remember, um, and I remember thinking, like, um, what to do, you know, cause Kawasaki really didn't have anything, you know, for me, I wasn't yeah. like a Wardy or a machine or something like that. I mean, I was a team green rider. They kind of helped out, but now I'm like, you know, in between being a pro and amateur stuff. So there was really no spot mm-hmm. for me there, but I don't know if you remember way back then. That's when like, remember Suzuki was giving out box fans oh, yeah. in like 30 grand and six bikes for <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. You remember that? Well, I remember that and, because um, everybody in Canada switched to Suzuki. Like literally they had the top, top six guys. Uh, they were just, they were giving bikes and parts and vans to everybody. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like an option too. Like, okay, here's 30 grand, a box van and six bikes and a bunch of parts. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of do your thing. And, and I'm like, I remember thinking, you know, but then KTM, you know, I can't even remember what they had offered, but it was something similar, you know, but, um, you know, and I'm, I remember thinking like KTM, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. You know, my dad was involved with the whole thing and, you know, looking back on it, you know, um, in in hindsight, it's probably something, the KTM thing is probably something I shouldn't have done, you know, because, um, it was, uh, those bikes weren't ready for supercross. They didn't know what supercross was, you know, like they were big in Europe and, you know, and the GPs, but they didn't know supercross. And, um, you know, so I went out to California and, um, you know, we started doing some riding and testing, but still never set foot on a supercross track. We'd go to like Palm Avenue, you know, to, to ride, you know, to get ready for Anaheim. You know what I mean? I'd never been on a supercross track. I'd never practiced on a supercross track. Right, you know? right, right. So we were just so not ready for that. Well, you know? yeah, people don't realize the KTMs aren't KTMs back then. They, they, Glover, they brought Glover on board to, to help out, but I don't know if he did a great job or they didn't listen to him or whatever about the bikes. And, yeah, they weren't very good. Um, and also, too, Tom Moen, very grouchy probably. Moen was probably grouchy. Um, no, Tom was, um, he was at first, but he was like, you know, once you got to know him, he was a great guy. You <laughs> um, know? So, but, but the, the good thing is you're a factory rider, you're full deal factory guy. So, um, and you got, I mean, you got pretty good results. People got to remember KTM's had done nothing, um, you know, back then. So, uh, you were, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, making main events and getting, you know, some top tens in nationals. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, again, you know, we were just unprepared, you know, if I would had been on a Kawasaki or had been on something, you know, different, mm-hmm. you know, something I was used to, I, I think finishes would have been better. And, um, you know, there was something appealing about being, something, um, you know, but like then Mike Fisher came on and like, whatever that was, 92, 91. Yeah. 90, you know? Yeah. But did he help? Mike was a, a huge help coming into, uh, I think it was at 91. One, season. Yeah. And, and um, you know, he had uh, he'd come in with a lot of experience and knowledge and coming from Kawasaki and being a longtime test rider for them and, um, you know, had sort of turned his bike into um, the third KTM, a third um, Kawasaki and a third Honda. It seemed like it was like a hybrid of all these <laughs> yeah. things. And you were like, huh? <laughs> um, which my bike wasn't. And, um, you know, I was still, and I remember KTM just being kind of, you know, they weren't so happy about it, you right, know, but right. he was out there and he was finishing, you know, he got a bunch of podiums and, yeah. um, you know, a lot of top fives and he's doing really well. So there's not a lot, whole lot they could have really could say, you know? Yeah. Um, but I definitely wasn't riding that same thing. And, and, and even if I was, it's not like I was going to be finishing on the box or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, I guess, um, you know, I, the bikes that I was riding just, just wasn't, uh, they weren't ready for that. Right, know? right. Was the, I'm taking, was the 500 all right? Because your results were, were not, were better on the bigger bike. I don't know if it was a bike issue or what, but uh, um, was, was, yeah. the five, was the 500 at least, uh, you know, better? 
Um, yeah, they well, they were fast. They were really fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they were. Um, I'm not gonna say they were better, but you know, outdoors. You know, I'm thinking Supercross versus outdoors, and um, for some reason, I've always just been a better um, big bike rider too. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and I think that stems from uh, you know me being 14 years old and JoJo throwing me on his CR500. <laughs> you know, take this for a few laps and see how you like it. And right. Realizing, holy crap, this thing's fast. You know, but. Um, you know, I just had always liked the bigger bikes better. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I did like the the 500s for sure. Right. You know, um, and I was bigger too. Like not bigger, but you know, I was around 185, 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just suited me a little better. So at the end of '93, is it your decision to to say, "Hey, KTM, I'm out"? Were they folding up their program a little bit? Because I think I think they kind of folded up their program a little bit. But what happened to you to get on a on a Cowie back on a Cowie? Or Yamaha, yeah, actually. so what happened was um, I got hurt in 93. Mm-hmm. 93 was kind of a, a decent year, but then I got hurt at Millville. Mm-hmm. Um, on In practice, I had, um, coming around like the second turn, you know, right before you head into the sand whoop the section, sand, yeah. there was like a, kind of like a big single jump um you know, before the sand section, and mm-hmm. I landed on a tractor tire, a big oh, tractor geez. tire yeah. in practice and went over the bars and broke my collarbone pretty bad. And that that sort of ended the season for me. Um, no, wait a minute. It, it, Sorry, it's I'm lying a, to you. Um, it says broom. You got 26 at broom. The week. Yeah, the, that yeah. was um, 93. Okay, 93. Okay, 93 is when, that's what it was, Seattle, mm-hmm. Seattle Supercross. I dislocated my wrist. Oh, geez. That's what it was. Yeah. Seattle Supercross, I dislocated my wrist really bad. I um, tore a bunch of ligaments and tendons and had pins and all these, you know, just, it was a bad, bad injury to the point where I didn't know if I was going to even ride again. Oh, geez. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, 93, yeah. Right. Um, so I took... Uh, I had to obviously take that year off. And yeah, you have you only have four results in all of '93, so yeah, exactly. The not rough year. Yeah, yeah, because of um, yeah the wrist. And, yeah, so nothing outdoors, right? Uh, Millville, you got twelfth, and you got twenty six at Broome. That's it. Two races, both five hundreds. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Says it right here. <laughs> um, so maybe you hurt yourself again. Maybe you hurt your wrist again. No, I hurt myself in 93 Seattle Supercross. Yeah. Yeah, you raced Orlando and Houston. Got 16th and 15th. And then uh, you, there's nothing until August uh, 15th uh, at Millville, um, 93 500s. You go 734. <laughs> Should I call Treadwell? Should we call Tread? <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? I can't remember. Right, right. I don't know. Anyway, but anyways, at the end of '93, you were done with KTM, and they were done with you, and and whatever. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And um, I was sort of over it, but um, you know, I, my wrist was really bad. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I remember, you know, riding, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't charge. I couldn't do anything the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know. And thinking, you know what, it's just not going to work anymore. Not going to be, uh, you know, what I want to do. And um, I ended up 
just not even trying to do anything in 94 on nationals because I just didn't want to. You know, yeah, my yeah. wrist was bad and I couldn't hang on and I was bummed out and I ended up racing in New England. And, um, um, you know, just got some bikes from from a shop here in New England. And, yeah, Brockton, um, right? Yeah. You were a Brockton guy. I think if I remember your stickers, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And because I rode you... Yamahas in 94. Uh-huh. And, um, and actually, it wasn't bad because um, the contingency for New England in 94 on a Yamaha was mm-hmm. crazy. On, and, like, it was $500 to win an NESC overall. Jeez. You know, so yeah, if yeah. you win both motos yeah. uh, or both classes, you're, you're taking home 1000 bucks in Yamaha money plus another, you know, three or 400 in, you know, track yeah, money. Yeah, track money, you know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so can do all right. I did that in 94 and stuck around in New England and then got a team green in 95 mm-hmm. and stuck around in New England again in 95 and 6. Yeah, you would just show up kind seven, of... And I did I, some nationals here and there just for the fun of it. Yeah, you know? I remember, because I was a mechanic by then. I started in 96. And yeah, exactly. You would show up for the East Coast stuff, put in really good results, and then just no one would see you again, you know, for a while. And then you'd come back and do some East Coast stuff. So Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because my main deal with Team Green was to, to win championships in New England. Right, right. Um, right? And then... Um, you know, and I still wasn't really taking it that serious. I was just kind of riding and doing it, you know, yeah. kind of doing my thing. And, you know, then around 98 is, um, you know, 97, 98, you know, John and Doug and I really started um, riding a lot together mm-hmm. more and more, you know. And then. Did um, you always get along with those guys? And even when they were, like, this point, like 98, 99, they're big factory guys, you know. Um, they've got money in the bank, and they're, they're factory superstars. Did you always get yeah. along with them really good? Uh, everything oh, was yeah. cool? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dowdy and I were always, like, really good friends from mm-hmm. from early on, yep. you know. Um, we lived together in Florida, did the whole winter series, I think, in 88. Right. Um, together, and, and I think we had said about this on the show, but, um, you know, um, it was... Rollerball stayed with us for a while that year. Yeah. And, oh, um... I wish I was in that house with Rollerball. He was my childhood <laughs> hero, KJ, <laughs> my childhood hero. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one of a kind, that guy. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and a Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands and gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... 
eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come in the corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. JoJo or Rollerball? Who could drink? Who would win in a drinking contest? JoJo or Rollerball? Ooh, that's a good one. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good one. Which man could consume the most alcohol? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. If you said JoJo and anybody else in the world or JoJo or, or Rollerball and anybody, like it would be no question, you know? <laughs> right, like, exactly. Pick a, pick JoJo and anybody besides Rollerball, yeah, it would be JoJo. And I know. Versa, you know. The stories of Rollerball are, are out there, I've, I've, and I've seen some of them in person. So. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, you and Dowdy uh, and Henry and all that. So you started riding with them, and, and like, again, these guys are at the top of their games at this point. Um, so this is helping you? Yeah, yeah, and that kind of sparked like a whole nother, you know, like I'm out practicing with these guys, and yeah, they're a little bit faster than me, but not like a ton, right. you know, and they're all like winning nationals. And stuff, <laughs> right, right. You know? And it's, you know, we're out doing motos, and, you know, like I said, yeah, they're pulling away from me a little bit, but mm-hmm. by like, you know, a few seconds, you know, yeah. and like I'm, I'm right on them halfway through the moto, and I'm like, you started thinking like, you know what, if I just actually try, 
You know, <laughs> I could I really I, commit to this thing, this racing yeah. thing. Yeah, so I had some decent finishes, like Southwick one year, like 98, I think I got fifth. Uh-huh. Or something yeah, you got in fifth, a moto yeah. or sixth. Fifth or overall. Like that, yeah, fifth overall know? in 98. What was it? Fifth overall, 98. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, so you know, we had, you know, John and Doug and I were riding a lot that year. And, um, you know, and then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we always got along. I mean, we kind of grew up racing together, even though I wasn't there that much. But uh, mm-hmm. it's not like we were enemies and didn't, uh, you know, didn't yeah. didn't hang out. Right, right. Um, and then, okay, so you're, you're, you start, this is weird. 99, and I don't remember this off the top of my head. I was working for Red Dog for Nolene. You were, you, 99, you ride the 125 West Series. How does that come about? How do you travel all the way from the East Coast down to do the West 125 Series? Um, I didn't. That's got to be the other Keith Johnson, right? Yeah, that's not me. I know. Okay, so I, I'm looking at your results, and I'm like, that can't be, because I don't remember that at all. I'm like, you know, that's got to be Keith Johnson from New Mexico, who who came along, and you've probably been mistaken with a ten, bunch of times. Yeah, no, um, that's not me. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get that fixed ASAP. Um, yep. So, at the end of 99, this Cannondale thing comes up, and I remember early on, you were their guy. When do they first come to you, and what... What do you say? I mean, I get, do they put a bunch of stacks of money in front of you and just say, hey, we're, we need you? How does that work? Um, no, that actually that actually went through um, Doug Henry. Oh, okay. Um, yep. And Dowdy, because Doug knew them somehow. I can't remember how. We mm-hmm. were all riding together. Um, and, yeah, so we were out in New York riding, mm-hmm. and um Doug knew some of the guys from Cannondale, and one thing led to another. You know, they they were developing this bike, and um, you know, talking to to those guys, and I think Doug or John give them my name. Um, you know, and I went over to. They had their corporate headquarters in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and I went in there, and you know, they kind of told me what they were looking to do, and you know, it was kind of perfect in a way because um, you know, it's not like I was going to go make a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, like these guys were, right. you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was a, a good gig, you know, and, and it was kind of neat. They didn't have a factory. Yeah. They didn't have a bike for you though, to ride it first, right? They didn't let you ride a bike first. You had to sign on kind of sight unseen. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But it was never for racing. It was always for testing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It was always just testing. Like there was n- nothing in the contract for racing. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. 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 Probably should have so kept it, it that way. They probably should have kept it that way, huh? <laughs> oh, for sure. That was their biggest downfall. Uh, and and we, I would fight with them all the time about, uh-huh. you know, they wanted to race test that thing into production. And I'm like, are you guys crazy? <laughs> you know? Like, they're going to, people are going to eat us up. Yeah. You know? Um, so how much do they pay you? Do you mind saying? Because you, you had to wear their gear and everything, their whole deal. Yeah, yeah. So the first year, um, it was $50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, the first year, and then it it went up to, I want to say eighty, okay, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. We went up to eighty thousand dollars, and you know, then it was like I was right around six figures, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, and, and it was kind of cool because I would leave my house in Massachusetts. Some sometimes I, this is what I do. I would leave my house at like I don't know four a.m. Mm-hmm. 
drive to Connecticut, get on the corporate plane, which held like six or seven or eight people or something mm-hmm. like that, fly to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania where right. the actual factory was, ride all day long, get back on the plane, fly to Connecticut, get off the plane, drive back to Massachusetts. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, when's the first time you ride it and what? what's the first thing you think of? How does it, I mean, does it, I really wish this thing would have worked. Um, it would have been awesome, but um, how does that, how does that go? How's yeah, the first so, time you got on it? Yeah, I remember too, the first time I got on it thinking, what a turd. Like, <laughs> I mean, so it wasn't any point like, all right, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, no um, not even close. And um, so you got on and you're like, hey guys, we got work to do. Yeah. Yep. And and that really, um, you know, it kind of honed my skills in test riding. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. Because um, you, you have to just, you know, it's all on you, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, you know, I would ride, um, you know, a, a, a Yamaha and then go back to the, you know, I'd go from the YZ400 to the 426, mm-hmm. back to the Cannondale and, you know, explain the differences and, um at no point did that Cannondale ever get to the point where it was even close, you know. Yeah. But you you sort of talk yourself into it, you know. <laughs> right. It's getting better. It's getting better. It's getting better. Yeah. If you just keep riding that and nothing else, you could talk yourself into. Yep, it's not that bad. You know, the second you get off of it and get on like, uh, yeah, you know, a Yamaha four twenty six or something, then you go back and go, nope, not even close. <laughs> you know, it was so heavy too. I don't know what they were so, thinking. It I, was bad. It was real bad. Um. You know, it was really like, look, hey, they reversed the engine, right? Which is what Yamaha uses now. Good idea. They What's had that? Olin. They had the reverse engine, right? Good idea. Um, they had fuel injection. That's a good. Yep. Um, yep. They had Olin suspension. That's good. Aluminum frame, yes. But together as a whole, it just it didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. <laughs> um, did yep. you have any terrifying uh, crashes where the thing cut out on you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um crashes. No. No. Not like um I had some really, really close calls. Mm-hmm. Um but I never got hurt or anything on it. Right. It never hurt me, but I thought it was going to. You know, there was always issues with something, you know, whether it be electrical or mechanical as far as the transmission or motors right. or something you know and it kind of came in waves like you know you get one thing fixed and then all of a sudden you know you get a motor part fixed and then all of a sudden you know swing arms would start snapping yeah yeah. fix that and then you know front hubs would start breaking and then hubs would get fixed and then this would start breaking. you know so yeah um was there was there a lot of waiting around at different times because they were trying to make it work trying to get parts in no, no, never any waiting around, um, you know, because we always had a fleet of bikes, and we were just riding and testing, and if we weren't testing, we were endurance testing, so there was a lot of riding. Yeah, yeah. You know, just ride, ride, ride. Didn't matter if it was rain or snow or whatever, we were riding. Was this all you done know? in Pennsylvania, like under sort of secrecy for a while? Yeah. 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 So people were asking you probably all the time, all your buddies were grilling you, and you're like, I can't tell you. You're like, it's coming out, it's really good. <laughs> Right? I don't think I ever said that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever said it's really good. Go uh, buy one. Right. Um, you know, it's just 
there were so many mistakes. You know, they they tried to push it along so fast, and it wasn't their fault. They took on investors, yeah, and these investors wanted to start making their money back. Uh huh. You know, and um, you know, it was uh, just and, crazy how much money that they had oh. got, you know, from investors, and they needed to start selling dirt bikes. And I remember sitting in a meeting, and they said, "All right, we have to start selling dirt bikes because we need to start making money." And we weren't even close. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And you're just like, "Oh, guys." Yeah. Um. And they didn't understand racing, you know. So they they put us out like they put me out there in Mount Morris. I, mm-hmm. I remember this. To the day I die, mm-hmm. you know I don't remember much, but I remember this. Um, so it's Mount Morris and typical Mount Morris. It rained and it was kind of muddy, and you know the start at Mount Morris, right? So right. the whole left side of um, the start is real steep, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole right side is really flat. Yeah. You know, remember, you know, I think it's changed a little bit over the years, but you remember in the back in the day how the left side was so much steeper, right? Yep. yep. Um, and everybody would always head to the left. Well, something happened, and we couldn't get the bike started or something. For mm-hmm. whatever reason, we got to the line, like, so late. I had no choice but to go to the far gate on the right. Right. And um, gate drops, and it's like a mud fest, right? Oh. <laughs> there was, like, <laughs> just one dry line. It's on the right. The right, right. Side, right? <laughs> and I hole shot from the right side. Yeah. Right? Phenomenal. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Carmichael's behind me. I can hear him going crazy, and, you know, something. I don't even remember, but, you know, I did the best I could for a few laps, the bike grenades, right. you know, and literally the thing's getting, like, towed out of Mount Morris in a quad, you know, through, like, the mud and all this stuff, and, um, you know, people yelling and screaming and beer bottles getting thrown as we're, like, <laughs> you know, it's just so bad, and we get back to the pits, and I'm thinking, what – a disaster that was. Yeah, like, yeah. This is just right. like the worst thing that could ever happen. You know, the bike grenades, I'm in like the top 10. I whole shot the bike grenades, mm-hmm. and I'm in the top 10, right? And right. It's, uh, you know, we're an hour away from the factory. <laughs> so every person in the factory is there and all the <laughs> investors and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking, this is just like the absolute worst. And, and they're like, that was awesome. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, you whole shot from the other. This bike is so fast, and I'm thinking to myself, these guys have no idea. The only reason I whole shot is because I was on the far right hand side. Right, right. I can't say this, right? Yeah. I got all these investors guys around me saying right. how fast the bike is and all this stuff, uh, and I'm like thinking to myself, the only reason I whole shot is because yeah. I was on the far right. Whoever was in that gate was going to whole shot. Yeah, yeah. Didn't matter who it yeah, was. Yeah, you could have yeah. been on a 125. You were going to whole shot that moto, right? Because right. it was dry and it wasn't uphill. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, it was just bad. You had said that they wanted to go racing, and, and so you were telling them, "Let's not race. Let's let's stay home." And they were like, "Nope, we got to go put this yeah. bike out in front of everybody." Yeah, yeah. And we went out to a magazine test for MXA mm-hmm. and um, to Glenn Helen, and I got to say, like Jody and those guys at MXA actually wrote an article that was halfway decent, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest shit show disaster I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> the, the, um, the whole magazine, yeah. Just, uh, I mean, the, the whole, it was like two days of testing. Yep. I'm telling you, 
we broke and broke and broke and broke and broke and kept breaking and kept breaking and like the other riders couldn't ride. I mean, it was just an absolute disaster. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and they still managed to twist it to make it look good. Like they could have torn Cannondale apart. Right. You know, and they still managed to write a decent article. You know, which I, I got to give it up to them because they they really could have just destroyed and, them. Well, and know? Dirt Rider had named it Bike of the Year. Remember that before it even came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're, and, um, you're like bike of the year. Hey, come on out to Pennsylvania. Let me, yeah, let, let me yeah. show you. <laughs> and, and I remember having a conversation with, um, with Jody and, and, um, would have been you know, Olson, Tim, probably Tim Olson. Yeah. They, they yeah. wanted to race test this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and Jody just going, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Do not do it. Right. You know, well, yeah, I know we hear what you're saying, but and he's like, don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. You know? <laughs> They didn't listen. No, no. I remember, like, again, I was a mechanic for KTM, and we would watch this, and we're like, there it goes again, blown yeah. up, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, and But it was really weird. Like, like why couldn't they get it to work? Like, what? Like why could they not get it to stop breaking? I don't understand. It seems so strange to me that they couldn't get it to last a moto, you know. Yeah. But literally, the electronics and EFI and, and transmissions, I guess, were big, right? Transmissions went out a lot. Yeah, transmission. They were like cassette transmissions. Right. They were like slid in and out, and they were just, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it came in waves. There were always things you'd fix one thing, and then another wave of something else would start happening. And, yeah, it was bad. And then, like I, I told you, I think on the show, um, you know, that one time at Washougal, yeah. I think it was tranny issues we were having at that point where it, it the bike would literally just lock up. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no. You know, you didn't know when it was coming. You you could tell it was coming, but you didn't know exactly when. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, and you told only them time you, in my life you, I've ever puked before a race. You told them before the moto. You said it's going to break. I, I, yeah. It's going to break. And and you're like, let's not race. And they're just like, nope, go out there. And like you, yeah. yeah, you were so nervous, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And all I could picture was that thing like locking up, coming in, out of like into the, the wolves, you know, that big drop off in the wolves, out of the drop off. Yeah, wherever, right? Um, jeez, man. Um, so at the end of 2000, like, you're like, hey, I'm out of here. Like, they, they folded up. Did they even go another year? Did they try to sell them another year? I don't remember, but. Yeah, no, I think they did. Yeah. You know, I, I had to walk away because it was just getting too much, you know, like. <laughs> Your hair, you were losing hair, losing sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just bad, you know. They, not that I knew what I was doing because I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I was some big corporate guy, but I knew that we shouldn't be race testing this bike. Yeah. And I knew that, you know, um, that, but. you know, they were having foot pegs on there that were the wrong height. We would test little things and I would say, no, these foot pegs are definitely way too low. Uh-huh. And then they'd go order 5,000 pair of them. <laughs> nope, this is what we're going to use. Well, we're stuck with them now. You're like, I'm right. testing for you guys. Listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, little things like that. And it was just over and yeah. over and over and over again. And then, you know, like that Washougal thing was one of the last straws. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like I was just so mad because then, like now you're taking my life into your hands. You know what I mean? Like up until then. And they really were like, no, you're going to go out there and ride. You know, and it was like almost a fist fight, you know. Wow. I knew the thing yeah, was going to yeah, break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you got a 17th on it and you got a 14th on it. A 14th at Broome in one moto, and then it broke the next moto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, like, it was a kind of a lost year for you, but you made some money, and 
okay, and, and you survived, I guess. And yep. kind of a cool experience. At the end of the day, like something to tell your grandkids about, right? Like, I don't know. Oh, or, yeah. or do you not look at it like that? Is it, is it still, are you still shocked by it? No, no, I definitely look at it as a cool experience. Don't get me wrong. It was, um, there was a lot of mistakes made, but mm-hmm. I learned a lot. You know, I learned a, a real lot about testing, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, because we did it for a couple of years. And it was cool. You know, we're flying around, we're doing magazine tests, we're, you know, we're testing in Florida, we're testing in California, we're testing in Washington, and we're yeah, doing yeah. this and doing that. And, you know, it was it was yeah. neat to think that, um, you know, you're in it from the beginning. And it's not like, you know, you, you didn't think it was going to happen. Like, you're, you're in this project and you think, man, this is going to be cool someday. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are going to be awesome. But it just never yeah. never got to that point. Again, you know. like like I said earlier, like EFI, a reverse motor, Olin suspension, it looked to me like it could be good. You know what I mean? But yeah, like it just it never worked out. But what a cool idea! If it had worked, it would have been great. It would have been awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you know? know what it is? It's it's the Yamaha 450 right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, that's what they were going for. Right. You know, um, electric um, fuel injected motor, mm-hmm. motor turned around. It's exactly what the Yamaha is now. Yeah, you know. That's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Were you there when it broke on Coombs, too? I guess he went riding it, and the front end broke on him or something? I wasn't there for that. The very first time. They said, come on out and ride it, and Davey did, and the front end fell off or broke when he landed. (laughs) It's just like, they were like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't there for that, thank God. Oh, geez. You know what's really cool, though, KJ, is, okay, so Cannondale thing comes, and obviously you got no results to speak of. Uh, 3D Bill Dale, local dude, picks you up and on a, on a YZ250F that next year, and you logged some really good results, top privateer, which back then was paying pretty well, too. You got fourth at the Wick, uh, fifth at Glen Helen on a 250F. Like, it had to have been feeling good for you, like, hey, I'm back. Like, I, I'm not crappy. The Cannondale hasn't destroyed me, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was good. So, um, again, I, I got back with, with um, JD and, and Doug, you know. and. Right. Trained hard and, and rode hard, and you know I knew going into that that um, yeah, I mean I'm going to ride a 250F. It's I'm a little bit big, you know, mm-hmm. 190 pounds, but everybody else is on 125s, and I'll give it a shot. Yeah, well, not everybody else. But no, but a lot yeah, of people, yeah, Big Bird, know? Big Bird rode 250Fs, and Troy had a couple of them out there, you know. But yeah, um, yep, and I think. And, um, you know, I liked the bike. I liked it a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, even though I just rode a stock bike, we didn't do anything to it, you know. And uh, there was big money that year. Like I said, you killed it outdoors money wise because there was prop privateer money every weekend, right? And then a, an overall bonus. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, um, you know, I was always battling with um, Larry Ward, Big Bird, like you said, you yeah. know, for top privateer and, you know. Um, we hung out a bunch that year too. So Dowdy and I would go down and ride with him and stay at his house. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was fun, you know, battling with him and yeah. getting some good results and, and then back into it. Yeah, it was, it was a good year. Um, because John was doing all the nationals. He was, um, had like this KTM gig. Yeah, know, that's right. Satellite sort of gig. And yeah, him and Bushy. So we were, even yeah. though we weren't racing together, we were traveling together, you yeah. know, and it was fun. Did you ride for Dowdy when you got on KTM a couple years later? Was that with Dowd's deal or no? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was um, 02 and 03. Like Cernix, right? Cernix, KTM, wasn't it? Or 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then we had a, like a local builder that that helped support us, um, Kevin Lobeser. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and again, it was that was probably so much fun, right? Like again, you and Dowdy hanging out, no pressure, a couple of vet guys doing what they can and putting in good results. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I remember like going to Glen Helen. Um, the first round, and you know how the first round is, and everybody goes in there all unsure of who's going to do what. Yeah. Oh, this was 01. I guess I was on the on the Yamaha, and um, you know, Dowdy and I have been really riding a lot and training, and yep. um, you know, I think, yeah, I think I got fifth at Glen Helen in yep. the little class, and I think John John was right in there like fifth, sixth, seventh, or something like that in the in the 450 yep. or 250, you know. And, um, you know, it's just a good day. And I remember after the race, we were both pumped because <laughs> right. you know, especially, we both had great finishes. Well, especially at Glen Helen, SoCal track, everyone rides the shit out of, right? And and you guys are East Coast dudes. And, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this about the New England area. You know, whether it was you, Dowd, Henry, uh, LaRusso, uh, I'm, I'm probably blanking on a bunch of dudes, Treadwell, uh, Always, always consistent national threats year in and year out. It seemed like forever that, that NESC guys, you guys would breed just these great racers all the time. And nothing against Jimmy D. He's been a, certainly a top 10 250 supercross rider, but I don't feel like he's on the level that you guys were, all of you. And JoJo goes back to JoJo and Finkel Day and all that. But how come we don't see this much anymore? What do you think's up with that? Is it, is the, is it one of those things where, like, this is kind of what I think the Canadian – we don't see Canadians down in the U.S. now, and I think it's because they can make 30, 40, 50 grand a year in Canada for 10 races, and they sort of don't want to venture outside their comfort zone. Is that the case for NESC? Yeah, you know, I got asked this question just the other day, too, okay. and um, I honestly think it's a combination of uh, a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the depth in the Nationals are better, so... Yep. You know, like, are you saying, you know, um, like local guys showing up to the Southwick National and just people you never heard of doing good, that yeah. type of thing? Yeah, well, not not even that. I mean, yes, that too. You know, LaRusso got uh, second, Barton got second or something in a moto. That, that I mean, but also, like, just, I mean, if you just look at nationally top 30 riders, yourself and Tread and Doubt and Henry, um, JoJo, it seemed like the... You know, the elite, there'd always be two, three, four guys from NESC that were really good fast pros anywhere you went. And now we don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know I'm, I'm really impressed with Jimmy, um, Jimmy D, mm-hmm. on, on how his work ethic has changed or, you know, changed in the last couple of years. Right. You know, he's really putting in the effort. Um, and I, I love him. I think he's a great kid, fantastic rider. Um, you know, and I honestly, I like this year at the national at Southwick, um, I expected more out of him and, um, I know he had kind of an off day. Um, I feel like Jimmy's got to get it in his head that, you know, he can do it type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that, that he's got that in his head that he can do it, you know? Um, I don't know, you know, the, the people coming up in New England, and I was saying this the other day, too, you know, I'm not saying, like, we were all these tough guys, but mm-hmm. y- they don't have that grit, 
you know, like, so when we're coming up, me and, and Dowdy and, uh-huh. and Tread and Doug, you know, we're coming up behind guys like, you know, Finkel Day and JoJo, JoJo yeah. and and guys like that, you know, that, you know, the toughest of tough, right? Mm-hmm. And you just can't, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't right. know, you know, you know, we would go down to Florida and race, you, guys are, you know, the winter yeah. and and Red Dog did the same thing, you know, yeah. racing four 30-minute motos in one day. You know, and, and and again, you're living in a house. It, it, it's it's rough living. It ain't easy. You're cleaning air filters after every day. This is all like hardships that guys maybe don't want to do nowadays. Being away from fa- friends and family for three months, you know. So yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what it is. It's definitely yeah. changed. You right. know, and and we used to go to Canada. Tread and I would go to Canada, race arena crosses Friday and Saturday night, and mm-hmm. you know anywhere like Revere de Lou or something right, up, right. up there, and then drive for eight hours through the night to race Southwick for 20-plus two-minute motos at Southwick the next day. Yeah, no one's doing that now. Nobody's going to no do one. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is bizarre. And even, like, Canadians, like, uh, Fasciades and Medellias do it every now and then. But, like, these top Canadian guys, they don't venture outside of Canada. They got 10 race deals, and they make 30 grand. And I'm like, they never show up where they can get beat really bad or, or, or if it, life's rough down in Florida. Like, they don't do that. And I'm just like... What are you guys doing? Like, that's not yeah. how Rollerball did it. JSR did it. Carl did it. You know, it, that's how those guys got better. That's how you guys got better. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. So, so, you know, yeah, JSR, man, he was probably the last guy that really did that, right? Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, that, that, mean, guy um, would, that guy would chase a dollar for anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, Clat went down for a little bit. And, yeah, but you know, even... Did the, that, that he, whole deal down there. Yeah, but he, he, you know, he, he left star racing. He got homesick and went home halfway through the Nationals because he just couldn't hack it. And I, I yeah. love Dusty. He's a friend of mine, but that's the bottom line. And I'm just like, come on, man. You got a factory Yamaha support ride with Star here, and, and you're just like, you're, not, you're miserable because you're not her home. I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, so, yeah that kid had some talent, too. He did. Man. Oh, he did. Um, yeah. Talking about your time up in Canada, in 06, you go up. I'm, I'm going to guess 100% that Tread got you up there and said, come on up. You can ride and make make a little bit of money. Yeah, yep. Tread yeah. got that whole deal going actually for for me and Dowdy in '04. Oh, that's so, right. Dowdy did it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we did that. Dowdy and I did that KTM thing down here in '02 and '03, mm-hmm. doing just um, the outdoor national stuff, and um, then we went up to Canada in '04, and um, Tread and I rode. For Diablo, Andy White. Andy White, that's right. Yeah, Dehan yeah. too, or no? Was Dehan then? I think, or no? Nope. Was, no, he was done. Um, nope, Dehan wasn't there. It was just basically just treading me on yeah. bikes, and then um, a little kid, I can't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. Um, on on two fifty S, but um, in oh four, and and Dowdy was with um Andre Lauren. On OTSF, yeah, 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 yeah. That was right. like his Andre's first year. Right. Really? Uh huh. I think. Yeah, I think it's right, right around there. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you eventually you rode for Andre, right? Suzuki's. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then I rode for Andre in '05. So Dowdy was there in '04, and then he went back and did that farewell tour, and I mm-hmm. think '05 or something in the Nationals. Right. And then Tread and I were with Andre on the Suzuki team in '05, and then I went back in '06. Tread didn't go. I went back in '06. And uh, with Andre, that was uh, my last year in Canada. 
it was uh, nice to, it's a little bit like local racing. That's what everybody tells me. All the Americans that go up there, they're like, yeah, it's a little bit like a big local race. It's pretty cash. Everyone hangs out. No one has a lot of egos. Um, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's fun, right? It was, um, it was the best time ever. Yeah. Yeah, that, that year, that 04, and Dowdy and, and Tred and I talk about this all the time, how we say that was the <laughs> best year of racing we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Just fun. Not like and, we made yeah. a, like, not the most money we've made, mm-hmm. but just the best year because yeah. we were traveling, flying up there every weekend. You know, we're, we're out there for, you know, um, you go out to Nanaimo and, yeah, Nanaimo's not the greatest track, but it's just cool. You go out there and you, you have to take the ferry over to the island. And, yeah. You know, we're up at Whistler Mountain doing downhill mountain bikes, which we've never done before, and it was just awesome. You yeah. know, all year long we're doing stuff like that, traveling together, you know. Betty's just traveling around the country racing dirt bikes. Yeah, know? that's cool. Yeah, no doubt. And you're making a little bit of money. I think you were top five guy most of the time, if I remember right. You know, you're yeah. pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty competitive, more than competitive up there. Um, yep. And then you had Gopher, which you did well at, and Sandalee, so. Yeah, and then... Um, you were never really a great sand. I mean, you're a good sand, right? You did well at Southwick, but when you think of Dowd and Henry, you're like, oh, the sand masters. But you were just kind of solid everywhere. I don't remember. Do you feel like you were great in the sand or? No, I hated the sand. <laughs> I still hate the sand. I don't like, again, you have good finishes at the wick, but I never thought of you as Keith Johnson as this sand guy. You, you could ride well everywhere, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just, no, I don't like the sand, to be honest with you. Oh. I never did. <laughs> Um, I would much rather ride Glen Helen. Honestly, I would much rather ride Carlsbad than Southwick. Jeez. Um, that's saying something. Wow, you're going to yeah. get kicked out of New England if you keep that kind of attitude up. I know, but it's the truth. <laughs> um, uh, Motorcycle Superstore, Racer X uh, online podcast with Keith Johnson. Uh, K- KJ, let me ask you this. So, you got JoJo in their prime and Doug and, 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 uh, and Dowdy in their prime. Uh, and anybody else you want to talk about? Who wins Southwick? Who's the fastest sand guy you ever saw at Southwick? I mean, I think for myself it might be Ricky or James, but I mean the local guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be John. Yeah, Dowdy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, Doug and JoJo are right. phenomenal. Yeah. But John is just I mean, <laughs> something different about that guy in the sand. It was weird. Like, I asked him about his training program, too, and Dowdy's like, eh, I never really did all that much. Bicycled it a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, he just rode, right? Just rode. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's fifty years old, you know, yeah. right now, and yeah. he'll still go out there in the sand and and battle with Jimmy D. You know, really? He's still Jimmy D. level? Wow. Well, I, I mean, I can't say that for sure because I haven't raced. John broke his hand at the beginning yeah, of this year. That's right. He was actually going to ride the national. I know. Yeah, bummer. Um, but yeah, I mean, local stuff. I mean, he's right. Right in the front with everybody still, you know? <laughs> 50 years old. Oh, man. Um, what's the best race you had in your career? Is there one that stands out? Like uh, one or two, I would guess. Uh, nothing on a Cannondale, I wouldn't think. Um, uh, um, do you have a race or two that you were just maybe just unbeatable? I mean, I wouldn't say unbeatable, but, um, you know, like I said, that, that 01 Glen Helen yeah. race stands out because – it was so unknown, right? So I hadn't raced nationals in, well, not hadn't raced nationals, yeah. but, you know, I, I wasn't, put it this way, I did not train 
a split second while I was with Cannondale because I knew the bikes weren't going to last 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't there for my finish. Yeah, yeah, I didn't you know? need to, yeah. I didn't put anything into it in for two years, nothing. Right. You know, um, then going into 01, being on a lighter bike, I had to shed some pounds. I kind of took it serious, you know, and, um, and going into Glen Helen, it was such mm-hmm. an unknown, like how, and it was stacked that year. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I just say that because, you know, I was in it that year. But if you look at the results, I mean, you could finish it's, 15th and be yeah. top privateer. No, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's Langston Brown, uh, Pastrana year, you know, and Kelly Smith tuned by Steve Mathis, by the way. But, yeah, uh, I remember. Um, Bob Morris. Yeah, high point. You know, one in 2000. Um, yep. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, so yeah, the fifth overall, maybe a day that you were, that stands out for you that you're just like, I remember thinking that whole year. I was like, oh, I didn't know anything about this guy. Like, I figured he was destroyed by Cannondale. Figured he got yeah, collected yeah. up in a Cannondale. Um, yeah, I had some some rides that really, you know, I was happy with. Right. You know, Southwick was good that year, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, that Glen Helen ride and, you know, some Southwick races. Um, even though I honestly don't like Southwick, mm-hmm. I never really, it was one of my favorites. Right. But, um, you know, getting fifth that year in 98 and complete privateer, I just went out on my own and just riding with John and Doug a lot. You right, know? right. Yeah, you were on a um, Cowie in 98. Yeah, it did really well. Killed it, I think. Like right. certain certain events that kind of stick out, mm-hmm. you know, Mount Morris, um, the last national I ever rode, Mount Morris in 04. Mm-hmm. Um, I got 10th that year. And, um, you know, you think, well, it's not that great a finish. It's decent, but... You know, I feel like I just rode great. You know, right, I was right. like battling with Byrne and all these guys in like seventh, eighth, ninth. I finished tenth, but I was one of those races where a couple things gone a little bit different. It would have been more like sixth or seventh. You know? Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, it oh, was look, just, you you beat my guy Tim Ferry that year, high point, no four. Oh but, yeah, yeah, he beat Red Dog. So, um, um, but I mean. I remember, you know, I was battling with John. John was up in there right in front of me, and, and mm-hmm. Byrne was right there, and a couple other guys thinking, man, this is kind of cool, hanging around with these guys and, yeah. you know, complete uh, you know, it, on my own privateer type guy. Did know? it ever uh, did it ever piss you off a little bit that, I don't know if piss I don't think that's the right word, but um, like Dowdy and Henry were getting, you know, all the accolades, and they made a ton more money than you, I would imagine, in your career. You did well, don't get me wrong, but those guys – they pulled it in. Were you ever, I don't want to say jealous or pissed off or, you know what I mean? Um, like, were you ever, was ever, did it ever get to you a little bit that you're like, hey, man, I practice with these guys, you know? No, not really. I no. mean, like I said, it was, um, you know, it was just me, yeah. you know, not putting in the effort. Right, right. You know, that, that's really what it came down to, and I knew it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but... No, I was always, I mean, it was great for those guys. And like I said, John, you know, that guy's just, that's never going to happen again, you know. That, <laughs> no, no, never. no, no, no. His story will never happen no. in motocross. People don't start riding motorcycles at 21, you know, and right. win an AMA National a few years later and then get a factory ride in your late 20s. Yeah, you know, and win a Supercross happen. title. You want a Supercross title, 125 Supercross title. <laughs> in his 30s. <laughs> yeah. Um. Was there a Supercross race that stands out for you? You had plenty of main events, plenty of good finishes. Uh, any one stands out for you? Not really Supercross. No. You know, I was never really much of a Supercross guy. I never rode it. Right. You know, never practiced. It was just kind of like show up and race it, see how we do. You know, <laughs> I remember having some finishes that were, you know, 
um, that could have been a lot better than they were. You know, mm-hmm. I had crashes like that. Actually, oh four. Um, you know, I think I I almost qualified Daytona right out of my heat. I mm-hmm. think I want to say I maybe got I just missed it, and then I got second to Pastrana in the in the semi. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I was like eighth or ninth um, in the main event halfway through, and it was one of those years that they started using those um, coming out of the back corners, jumping out of, like, um, tabletop to tabletop yeah, to going tabletop on, on. flat, right. yeah. you know? And I just ended up wadding myself up. <laughs> I remember being, like, five, six seconds ahead of whoever was behind me, yeah. you know, over halfway through the race and thinking, man, this is, you know, I might finish in the top ten here. Yeah, you're like, I got and this. Right. Next thing I know, I'm, like, on my head, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um... You had a nice career in a sport, for sure. And I, the Cannondale thing is, is cool to say. Like I said, it's cool to, that you did it, you know. Um, it didn't go well, but, you know, great great stories out of it, it anyway. It is. It's a yeah. great story. And it was, yeah. you know, I don't, I hope I didn't come across by uh, sounding like it was a bad experience because it wasn't. It was like, mm-hmm. it was a cool, cool project to be on. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, and, you know, fuel injection on dirt bikes and, yeah. and all of this stuff. And, you know, they were ahead of their time. They just weren't ready for it. You know? Do you have one? I do. You do? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I have um, the first one ever raced. Oh yeah, your your race bike from that year. Yeah. It doesn't even have um, a frame. When I say raced, I mean we went to a local Pennsylvania race. Oh okay. Raced. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But it's got a lot of cool stuff on. It. It's got like magnesium wheels and magnesium uh, triple clamps to make it lighter. I mean, this thing weighed in. It at a slim like two hundred and seventy two pounds. No, it stock. didn't. It did not weigh that much, did it? Yeah, I'm not kidding. They had to start slimming it down. Oh my god, you I know? knew they were heavy, but not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. You know, we were we were psyched when we got the um, the race bike under like two fifty five or something. Our race bikes at Yamaha were like two twenty four. Yeah. So twenty five more pounds. Your race bike was. <laughs> yeah. So it's got all this. Mag- they spent like thousands of dollars on this magnesium stuff and uh it was kind of weird the when it all ended because they when i left they were like talking about folding up shop and this yeah, and, that, yeah. and it was like you know that was kind of one of the reasons that i had left that they were shutting down the whole motorcycle mm-hmm. division and it was time for me to go anyways and i had this bike at my house and um it was like, you know, a month after I had left, I got a call from them saying, hey, we got to get that bike back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. no problem. I'll, uh, I'll get that back to you. And then uh, a month <laughs> later, they closed up shop, and I never heard from them again. <laughs> Nobody ever called again. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, keep that thing. Don't ever ride yeah. it. Don't ride it ever, but keep it. <laughs> uh, no, I won't ride it. No, no. I think Cernic's got number three or number two off the assembly line or something still. Somebody yeah. told this me that. This one doesn't even have um, yeah, yeah. no, no, friend no numbers. frame numbers, nothing. Right, right. Wow. Well, cool story. Uh, Keith, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, congrats with the, with the uh, uh, centers. That sounds like it's killing it. Congrats on Southwick. That's awesome. You and Dowdy uh, helped in a huge way to bring that thing back. I love it. Um, yeah, man, thanks, to, thanks for your time on the Motorcycle Superstore Race Through X podcast. Uh, I'll call yeah. Tread to get all the details. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you having me. It's great talking to you, and, uh, 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to reminisce like that. Sometimes you don't think about all that stuff, but doing stuff yeah. like this brings back all those memories. It's cool. Yeah, there's, guys, there's a lot of guys like you that had really nice careers and did a lot of super cool things. And uh, I think people dig hearing the stories. You know, they love that kind of stories, and, and we've all got them. And it's just a matter of uh, remembering them and thinking about it. Treadwell's probably another guy I need to do one with because he's also yeah. had an amazing He, he would be good because um, especially the, the amount of time that he spent in Canada. Right, yeah. You know? He uh, he knows like he knows those guys and I mean Canada was so fun for us that those few years because everybody's just so cool up there and I got to be good friends with a lot of guys up there and yeah um, but Tread that guy remembers everything <laughs> well, I'm not kidding you I have to get I have know? to get some rollerball stories from him too oh yeah <laughs> my yeah. childhood hero Ross Rollerball Peterson so. What's he up to? These I days? don't know. I think he's doing all right. He had a real rough patch for a while. I don't know if you knew about that, but I did. Yeah, real rough patch. But uh, as of a couple of years ago, he was uh, all better, uh, doing well, working in the fracking industry, I guess, in, in Alberta. He, we honored him. The, the Legends and Heroes people at Supercross honored him uh, in Toronto in like well two years ago, and uh, he was stoked. It was awesome. They gave him like a plaque and a little thing and. You know, so it was awesome. Oh, great. Yeah, it was good. Good to see. You know, good to see a guy kind of come back a little bit, and I, th- I think he really felt like he was appreciated. He didn't realize how many people, you know, he touched or thrilled or you know had memorable moments with in his career. So yeah, um, well, he's an animal. That guy's an absolute animal. No, I know. Uh, some people told me stories. He, he he would he would get his mechanic to drop him off. You know, ten miles from the place. He'd run in his jeans and he'd run to the track. Just like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. well, KJ, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. again. Uh, great job on Southwick, uh, getting it back and everything else. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Thank you for this. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Right. Take care. See you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. 
until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days go.